Hello, how's it going? My name is Bonnie Violet. I'm a trans, femme, genderqueer, spiritual drag artist, and digital chaplain. And in case you don't know where you are, you have found yourself at the Idaho Drag is Divine uh, Drag and Spirituality series um, with Annie, 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 Annie Depressant, um, our amazing drag, queen, drag artist that I'm really excited to get to know a little bit more. Um, for folks who've never been here before, um, this is kind of a interview meets a drag show. Um, so um, feel free to ask questions and engage with us. Um, if you're watching us live on YouTube or um, in Facebook, you can interact with us live. Or if you're listening to us after the fact on a podcast or watching later, do still leave comments and questions and we'd love to hear from you. So without further ado, I'm gonna go ahead and bring on our guest. Hello. <laughs> hey, how are you? Oh, good, thank you for having me. I'm I think I've gotten used to saying anti antidepressant so many times that I want to put a T in there. I'm so sorry. <laughs> a lot of people do. I get it all of the time. So it's it's totally fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, do you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Um, yeah. I mean, for those that don't know me, um, I used to live in Boise. I just recently moved to Seattle. Um, and I've been doing drag in Boise for about six or seven years now. Um, I was a co-winner season two of BNDS, um, and I was a former Miss Boise Pride. Um, you know, a little zhuzh here and there. <laughs> yeah, a little this, a little that. Yeah, you know, she likes to dabble. <laughs> well, awesome. Thanks for that little introduction, and I know we're going to get into a lot more detail here in a second. Um, I usually go, you know, really soft and I ask about childhood right off the bat. So I'd love to hear what your what you were taught or what your experience was around spirituality or religion as a child or young person. Yeah. Um, for me growing up, my my parents, both my parents had gone to two different churches, um, but they never really brought that home with them. And so like I didn't really understand anything about religion or specifically like Christianity at all until I think I was like probably in like third or fourth grade and I had just like had a lot of questions because I had classmates that were like telling me about like the Bible and like Jesus and God and I was like where what 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 are these I had no idea because my parents didn't really tell me anything about it and then um, I had remembered I had become friends with uh, a, a girl that I was pretty close with when I was younger, and her parents had found out that we weren't Mormon. Um, and so that's really when I started asking more questions to my parents because we weren't allowed to be friends anymore, which mm. was upsetting to, you know, be a little kid and be like, well, why not? Like, yeah. all I do is be friends with this Jesus person, and then we can be friends. And I was like, okay. Like, that's all I wanted to do. And my parents were like, no, no, no. Like, uh, pump the brakes. <laughs> I'm like, and they like explained to me a little bit more about it, but I don't think I really got like in depth into it until probably middle school when they sent me to Catholic school. Mm. Um, and my, my dad grew up like in a half Catholic, half Mormon family, but he ended up picking uh, Catholicism between the two. And then later on in life, he was like, I'm out like deuces 
Like mm-hmm. he would show up if I needed him to at church for me, but like he wouldn't go like receive like the sacrament or anything like that. Like he was like, I'm, I'm here to support you, but I think I'm good. Um, <laughs> which as an adult now, I understand like why my dad was the way he was uh-huh. about that. How was it going to a Catholic school? It was really, really weird for me because I didn't, I didn't feel like the rest of my classmates growing up, like a majority of the classmates I had from middle school to high school were all cradle Catholics. Mm. And for people that don't know what that means, it's like they, you know, they were baptized like immediately as babies. Like they were straight from the get go. Their parents just immersed them into it. They went to like their confirmation probably around like second grade and like they already knew everything. So when I got like dropped in, like as like a 12 year old, like 11 or 12, Mm -hmm. Um, I was like, I don't know any of these things. Like, I was it a right? Was it a co-ed school or was it? it was. Like, yeah, yeah, it was a co-ed school. I went to I went to Sacred Heart um, Middle School, which is like a it's like a K through eight school. Um, really small, like a hundred students. We all had to wear like uniforms and everything. We went to mass every single week. Um, we had to do Ash Wednesday, the Seder meal. We did all of the, all of the like things. And I was just Mm. like, so ostracized, um, Mm. because everyone knew that I wasn't Catholic. Everyone knew that I didn't have the knowledge. I struggled in religion classes because everybody else already knew all the stories. And I really only knew things that I had seen on television. Mm. So it was very uncomfortable for me growing yeah. up. Yeah. How did you cope with that? Um, for me, I think, I don't know if it's just like the people pleaser in me um, or like I was really hardcore about my academics, but I threw myself into studying um, mm-hmm. as much as I didn't like it because I just was like, I just want to like focus and get through this. Yeah. And I did try and give it a fair try I think when I was younger as far as like really like being into like the religion but there was just so many things that like I started to disagree with or I would get in trouble for questioning Mm. like anything and because I I think that I didn't have that like upbringing which is why I was more like questioning than some of the other students were and like I also didn't like the way that it felt um to like go to mass and the way that people look at you when you go to receive a blessing instead of receiving communion is Mm. just like the weirdest kind of like most foul feeling honestly (laughs) like they make you cross your arms as you go up and like in catholic school like it wasn't an option to just like sit back and not take communion or anything Mm. and so it's like everybody knew like when they would see you, not even just your classmates, but like all of the adults in the church knew, the priests knew, it's weird. Like they give you a little like hand touch on the head and they're just like, all right, like, there you go, get out. (laughs) It's like everybody else is having crackers and wine. And Mm. I'm just like, okay. (laughs) Yeah, I mean that, like it's so hard growing up and like having anything that kind of separates you from everyone else is, it just makes it that much more difficult, you know, or that much more mm-hmm. challenging. Um, I was curious to know uh, how, or how is it that you identify today? How would you identify? Um, 
like like my like my religious background well, I, I was whatever kind of comes up whatever comes whatever you want to answer with that okay i was like i was like gender identity i got a lot of identities <laughs> right wherever you want to go let's go um i was like i definitely identify like i personally like to just say i'm a drag queen at the end of the day I know a lot of people like to put me in a specific category because I'm a cisgender woman and like that's fine if that's where you need me to be I guess I don't see myself as different um in that way um and as far as like where I am spiritually now I'd say I lean more towards like agnostic like atheist vibes mm -hmm. maybe like a smidge of like some pagan feels in there I for me, it's just like after like having been forced religion upon me, it's uh, so very hard and like to be treated so weirdly by the church to want to be a part of it for myself at least. Mm -hmm. So it's like I, I feel like as long as I find things in my life that like make me happy and, you know, I'm still being productive and helping other people, like I feel like I'm doing okay. I'm like, yeah. I just, you know, I don't want to be around the people that are like, oh, you wear wigs, you're going to hell. <laughs> like, right. That's not a fun time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I think a lot of people can relate with having that experience with religion um, or spirituality um, at some point in time in their life, if not <laughs> always. Um, yeah. <laughs> when did you, when were you, when did you first see drag and what was your impression of it? Um, I know the first time I saw drag, I was pretty young. Um, my mom, uh, she showed me RuPaul and I was obsessed. I think I was probably in like the third grade or so. Um, I remember her playing, uh, You Better Work. <laughs> and I think that was really the first time, like she had showed me the music video and like, that was the first time I had seen drag and like, my my mom never like made me like question it or anything and i mean obviously like i saw things too in media like as a kid like mrs doubtfire and like bugs bunny and like the simpsons and even like spongebob like all in like drag right. um, you know so it's like i did have like a lot of those influences i was also very obsessed with a kid uh like as a kid um with him from the powerpuff girls Mm -hmm. loved <laughs> i always identified with him um so i was like i had all these like little like influences growing up as a kid but i think the first time like i saw like like in person like drag um i think i was probably in high school my my best friend and i um they they're two years uh, like two grades above me so they they had taken me um they actually live here now hazel um, they had taken me to Boise Pride and mm. I saw, um, I think I saw Chloe and Senna, um, Minerva Jane. Uh, mm. I've always been a really big fan. Um, so it was like, I was so excited to see all of them performing. Um, yeah. I think that I was think, a good time for me. <laughs> yeah. I think Minerva Jane is a lot of folks kind of first oh, drag yeah. queen or <laughs> at least one of the first few, which is great. Oh, absolutely. I'm like, and she's so nice too. I, yeah. I love that I'm good friends with her now. Totally. It's so weird to me to think that like we call each other like sisters. <laughs> yeah, she went to high school with my ex-husband. So oh, uh, I know it's such a small world. Uh, it is a small world. I was going to say my drag sister is her literal cousin. <laughs> oh, wow. 
Yeah, yeah small, like, small world. It's very small. Yeah. When did you when did you know you were gonna do drag or when did you decide to do drag yourself? Um, I don't think that I knew I was gonna do drag until I was like at least 21 or 22. Um, I came out pretty late in life um, mm-hmm. as a queer person. I, I didn't come out, I think, until I was around like 20 or 21. Um, and like, I I didn't think that I could do drag, honestly, mm-hmm. um, because I was a cisgender woman and my friends had really encouraged me and they were like, why not? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like who made the rule and said you can't do it and I was like well I don't really want to be a drag king and I don't really know if I want to do burlesque either like I'm not comfortable right now with that and they were mm-hmm. like who said those were your only options and I was like well I guess I never really thought about it and they had showed me some other uh women that were participating mm-hmm. in doing the like feminized like hyper feminine drag and that that was an option. I was just like, well, yeah, like if that's an option, then like that's what I want to do. I want to be pink. I want to be sparkly. I want to be loud. Like I want to be seen. <laughs> I'm like, mm-hmm. I, and there's nothing wrong with, you know, burlesque or being a drag king. I have lots of friends that do both of those and I love them all dearly and I support them. It just wasn't what I wanted to do. Yeah. You know, I love expressing my hyper femininity and I always felt like Annie was like inside of me, but I never felt the the confidence to truly like do stuff like this, like on my own. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there's a lot of like separation between like, like doing stuff like this and like how I look every day. Cause a lot of people give me a lot of criticism even now for still being a cisgender woman and being like, it's the same thing. And I'm like, Mary, <laughs> right? <laughs> no, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, some people are just so odd. I mean, it's so weird. Yeah, some people hold on to it, and it's really weird. Mm-hmm. It's like more disappointing, I think, to have people in the community that hold on to that uh, than anyone else. Um, like outside people, I'm like, I get it. You hate everything, oh, right? Cool. But it's like not, it's not personal. Yeah, I think it's not personal. <laughs> yeah. So um why antidepressant for your name? What brought um, that about? I I went with that actually. I mean I do like puns. I think they're funny, but um when I was younger I struggled a lot with anxiety. Well, I still I still struggle a little bit. Um <laughs> I struggled a lot with anxiety and depression and uh panic disorder. Um and like a lot of trauma and stuff just from like events that have happened to me in my life. And I like had started taking a lot of antidepressants and I was still pretty miserable. Um, and it was before I had come out and it was before I did drag. Um, and when I started doing drag, like I, I hadn't really come up with a name yet. I was still just using my actual name. Um, uh, and I only did a few performances like that. <laughs> um, and then uh, it like, I don't know, I think finally coming out and finding a healthy outlet to express myself helped my mental health so much mm-hmm. that I got my name from that. I stopped taking, um, at the time I think I was on Sertralin, um, I had stopped taking both of my anxiety and depression meds and was mm. like, that's, yeah, I was like, that's how I got my name actually. <laughs> right. 
So basically drag drag was your antidepressant. Yeah, okay. it just I like it it sounds so dramatic, but like mm. drag saved me, you know? Yeah. Like people think, like no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean I think I mean you I hear it all the time. You hear drag artists talk about how like how much it's impacted people that have impacted them in such big ways, you know, whether it saved their life or whether it because it gave them a career or just gave them some creative outlet or they were able to create family and community uh, because they they didn't necessarily have that elsewhere. Yeah. And um, so so you're in Seattle now mm -hmm. and you're doing drag out there, correct? Yes. I just had a gig on Wednesday, which honestly is so kind of cool to be able to do a weekday performance and still mm. make like pretty good money and like have like a really amazing audience. Everyone here is so friendly. Um, like shout out to Old Witch for booking me and Lennon Bradshaw. <laughs> nice. um, very sweet people. Um, and Cookie Couture, I would not have been able to like, I think infiltrate the scene so quickly if I had not met them. I actually met the um, two of them back in Boise coronation um, mm. but um, I did their leather and lace show um, this week at Aurora Rink. Um, it was super cute and super fun. Oh, fun. Were you on skates? Oh, God, no, I'm not coordinated no. like that. No. <laughs> oh, no. Mm -mm. I also am, like, deathly terrified to put on, like, rented shoes from, like, bowling alleys mm. and roller rinks because when I was in high school, we rented roller skates, and I ended up getting a awful, like, skin infection from doing that oh, wow. so never again will i touch any communal shoe from anyone yeah yeah i'm sure that would do it for most people yeah <laughs> mm -mm. but it did get me out of a whole semester of pe so well kind of fit. <laughs> there was there was that yeah in oakland california they have like a um an all drag show that's all done on wheels like out by the water and everything. It's pretty cool. I never actually went to it, but I have a huge romance for skating for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> I was like, Old Witch came out on her skates and I was like, I love her. She's so tall and just like magnificent, like on her skates, like wheeling around. I was like, couldn't be me, but like glad it's you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, you're are you part of a drag family? How has it been being a part of the community as a whole? Um, I do have a drag family. Um, I mean, I have lots of like, even though like people like I would say like, I'm the closest to probably like, like my drag sisters specifically, and like definitely like my best friend. Um, Hazel and I've been friends since like 2009. So like, mm -hmm. we were we were already friends. And then we started drag around the same time. So we were like the first drag siblings. And then I've accumulated more since then. But I, I would say like I'm the closest with her and like having her here is really, really great. Mm -hmm. um, but I feel like I'm close with like most of the community, even if we aren't like a quote unquote like house or like drag. Family. Yeah. I see the community as family regardless. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's such a, I mean, it, it's such a, you know, tight knit um like it's small, but large. I think it's kind yeah. of a large drag community for the size of our city, which is awesome. Oh yeah, it's uh, definitely grown a lot. I think since I started, like there's so many more people than when I started. Mm -hmm. What is it What is it that you enjoy most with drag? Oh, that's hard. 
I love a lot of things about drag. <laughs> That's what everybody says. Like, I can't just pick one. I know. I'm just like, oh, God, I can never pick one of anything, to be fair. Um, <laughs> That's real. God. <laughs> um, I think for me, I guess I'm going to have to to chalk it up to, like, having an outlet for self-expression and being mm -hmm. able to deal with um things like really hard stuff like trauma and like a lot of like emotions and stuff and even like political events and things that are like going on and like before I left I think like one of my most like impactful like performances I, I got to perform with Willie Munster and Tucker Wright and Otto Manic and a bunch of other uh, people from the community and we did a, a big number at Pride about Roe versus Wade like that was a really mm -hmm impactful thing for for all of us um and i mean i i know i had a hysterectomy but like it still affects me and it still right. affects my friends and my family and you know it affects a lot of things that people don't really realize so i think being able to like have an outlet to express like my anger and my outrage and my pain um mm. about how i feel about it was really healthy for me to give me you know something and to spread like awareness and you know stand up and say something about it yeah drag is so good for that so so good for that it's so good for just i think helping educate or like helping to pull out like emotions even if it's just silliness and laughter mm -hmm. or or it is something a little bit more like you know trauma healing if you will um oh yeah which is so no, I I've definitely made myself cry performing before. <laughs> I did a, a few years ago, I did a tribute to my, my father who passed away. And like, mm. that was really like healing for myself to be able to do that for him. I can and, imagine. Yeah. I was like, I like to do lots of stuff like that. And I also do like to do like more like funny, silly things as well to like, I, I mean, it's in my name. Like I like bringing joy to other people as well as myself. So it's it's really, I think, wonderful when people come up and tell me like how my work's impacted them um, hmm. and like how much it's like brought joy to other people's lives as well. Yeah. And just since you kind of brought up advocacy and whatnot, you know, Idaho is going through some yeah. some challenges. <laughs> how 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 are you, I guess, how is that impacting you? It's really weird feeling for me personally because I left and like a part of me, like I I feel more comfortable and more safe here, which, you know, like I did for myself. But a part of me also does feel like slightly guilty because like mm -hmm. I see what's happening in my home and I see what's happening to my friends and my family and it's it's really difficult because it's like it, it feels like I feel a little bit guilty for leaving but I also know it's like I have to do what's best for myself yeah. as well you know but I've learned in life that if I if I don't put myself first I can't help anybody else yeah um, and you know that's why I always like put like my mental health first because yeah. it's like yeah. if I don't take care of that nothing's yeah. happening cats yeah. not getting no one's getting help <laughs> Yeah, I mean, no one can fault anyone who, who's, you know, I had to leave years ago as well because I needed to, 
I just needed to be in a different environment in a different setting to be able to feel safe, to be able to grow, to be able to, to just, you know, have a different experience with life. So I totally get it. And I've, I've kind of had that feeling at times too, of feeling like, um, so lucky in a lot of ways to be able to get away and have a new experience and also, um, you know, sad that I left and, and kind of resentful, you know, I, for me, I think it's, I think it's awful that we have to leave home, um, in order to be safe, in order to, you know, to live, um, the lives that we, you know, choose to live, you know, and, uh, unfortunately it's, it's just a sad reality for a lot of folks, you know? Yeah, no, I'm like, I've also felt that resentment and I also feel like embarrassed a lot of the time because like when I meet new people here and they're like, oh, like, where are you from? I'm like, mm, I don't know. Like, mm. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't even want to talk about it sometimes because I'm so embarrassed of like the way that things are going there. And it's just like between like, not only like the attack, like on queer people and trans people in particular and drag queens, but also just like the blatant attack on women. Mm -hmm. Like, I like there's genuinely not a lot of positive things that I feel about Idaho anymore and it's kind of hurtful too especially like growing up there and you know never thinking that like my my home place like would turn out to be so ugly um in some ways um it's just it's also like frustrating because it's like you know I think if Idaho was a much more open place like Seattle like I don't think I would have left maybe because like I do miss a lot of my friends and my family and my community that I had there and you know now having to like basically kind of start over here you know is difficult but I you know I don't regret leaving necessarily but like I do wish that things maybe could be different yeah yeah no I totally get that um totally get that at all I get that yeah, as well <laughs> you know you know you know yeah yeah I mean it really resonates with me and I, I think you know it's it's been really difficult I you know I um I think I'm a little older than you maybe um but I left when I left like 10 11 years ago since then I've probably lost about a dozen friends um to like to um you know unaliving themselves or overdoses um you know, and I think that's all reflection of like the difficulty it is to live as a trans queer person um, in particular in Idaho. And I think it, it seems like it has changed in some ways. It seemed like people just didn't get in your business. You know, yeah. you might not feel comfortable or whatever, or you had to be mindful about things, but now it seems a little different. Oh yeah, no, I definitely felt a big shift in the energy back home when I was still there like around like 2016 like that's that's when I felt like a big difference between like it's like yeah maybe people didn't like you know drag and like burlesque and stuff but like they weren't really so like vocal about it and they just kind of like minded their own business um and like now it's a much different feeling of like I feel like absolutely threatened like I would not be surprised, you know, in the least if show if someone showed up to a drag show back home with weapons, like yeah. ready to just like absolutely decimate people because like that's I think where we're at now and it's horrifying. 
and I don't want to I don't want to be there for that. But I also don't want anything, you know, to happen to like my friends and family back home either. And like yeah. I'm like, worried for a lot of them, and like sometimes dealing with that has been very difficult, and like having to like leave them behind. Yeah. It's it's like something you don't want to like it's yeah, it's like something you don't want to like uh dwell on, but it is like a reality unfortunately. And it just seems more uh like more tangible right now for sure. Yeah, it's more real. Like if like a couple of years ago if someone had told me that, I'd be like, No, that wouldn't happen here. Like Yeah. Like I wouldn't even think twice about it and like and now I'm like, if someone told me that happened like today, I'd be like, oh my God, like, mm -hmm. like immediately yeah. just believe it. Yeah. And how, how has drag, um, if, if any, how has drag impacted your gender or sexuality or sexual orientation? Um, I think, I think it's definitely impacted, I would say my, my sexual orientation maybe more, um, just because, like, I mean, I pretended to be straight for a very long time in Catholic school. <laughs> um, um, I mean, Hazel and I at one point were definitely, like, each other's beards. So, <laughs> um, I think drag gave me, like, a safe place to kind of come out more and it really, like, experiment more with my sexuality. Um, I always knew I was different. Um, I didn't know what. I didn't, mm -hmm. I didn't really understand it when I was younger because growing up in Catholic school, like there is no talk of that. There is no yeah. education, none of that. Like you don't even really get like sex education, let alone anything else. Yeah. It was you're saving yourself for, for your future spouse and we're making you write letters to them. It was very weird. Um, mm -hmm. And like you're promising your virginity to God. So like yeah. you don't need talk about anything else and it was like okay <laughs> and I feel like that's just as damaging if not more damaging than saying it's wrong to dot 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 but like because I had that experience as well where it's like I just never it took me a long time for me to get to me uh, to, to come to know who I was because the I wasn't people like me weren't around me you know like yeah. I, I couldn't really see I didn't see myself in anything and nobody was talking about me no. um, or people like me yeah I was like you I was like you weren't even an option you were, you were not up for discussion and it's mm -hmm. like I didn't even know like I like I identify like now as like demisexual and like on the asexual spectrum and I didn't know that was an option like mm -hmm. I like didn't realize there were so many options, honestly. Yeah. Um, and so what I does was, that mean? What does that mean for you if you're comfortable with going in a little bit oh, more specific yeah, on that? Because yeah. we all, you know, we all kind of I, I take our spin on a lot of things. So I'm just curious what it yeah. means specifically for you. Yeah. Well, and like, like I said, like asexuality is a spectrum. So it means a lot of different things for a lot of different people. Mm. Um, for myself, um, I like I don't really experience sexual attraction very often it's usually like a specific person and to me personally um I would say like I'm on the pan romantic side of things where it's like I don't care what you have going on um as long as like I'm into your personality more so like I like I love the phrase of like hearts not parts um like I don't I don't care what you have going on I just if I like you I like you 
and I have to develop like that sort of like I'd say emotional connection with someone before I even feel any type of way about them sexually and um, I'm not completely sex repulsed but it's not necessarily like my favorite thing um, gotcha. I could go forever without it and I really wouldn't notice to be honest <laughs> like it's not a big deal for me um, I know some people on the spectrum are like absolutely not like don't even go near me and then other people are very like sex positive so i'd probably mm -hmm. say i'm more towards the middle of gotcha. that but yeah thank you for sharing that <laughs> oh yeah no i'm very open about it just because like i i wish that someone had been open about it like when i was younger because like i knew in middle school like something something wasn't yeah. <laughs> wasn't like the other girls in the class because everybody else was like super boy crazy and like they're mm. all talking about like whatever like freaking jeremy had like on for his shirt today or whatever and we were just like guys we have chicken nuggets on the menu like right who cares about jeremy right now yeah and, yeah yeah i was like i didn't vibe with the other girls <laughs> mm -hmm. and then i was like oh that makes sense um later on in life i ended up reading some blogs and things like on tumblr and then when i got more into the community because of drag i figured out my sexuality um, yeah Oh, I didn't just uh, like watching women in media. I also just happened to like women <laughs> and, yeah. and non-binary people. I was like, oh, that makes that makes sense now. My obsession yeah. with Campbell made a lot more sense as an adult. <laughs> right, right. And that's like the goods and the challenges with like having these labels and having these identifiers because I think they can help us. Um, find parts of ourselves and connect with parts of ourselves. I used to always say, I'm not bisexual because I'm not evolved enough. <laughs> That's what I used to say. Because I, you know, I used to think, cause I was a flamboyant boy, that that meant I was just a gay, I was just gay. And I think I kind of got stuck in that box for a while um, and didn't come into my trans identity until much later because I kind of got stuck in that box because it kind of I was just trying to make it work you know and like I think with a lot of things it's like it's just a, a piece of us and I think trying not to get stuck in that box and being willing to have like because I feel like that's what drag did for me it was like it gave me permission to try on like different gender expressions and you know different ways of just expressing myself in general which really led to my like day-to-day -day. Like it impacted my day-to-day -day life as well. Yeah, no, definitely. And you had mentioned, uh, have you ever um, had spirituality, religion, or your like paganism or any of that? Have you ever intertwined that with your drag? Yeah, um, I definitely have um, a couple of times. I know I've also made a lot of uh, Catholic references in some of my drag performances before. I've definitely done a, a few things as uh, demonic nuns. <laughs> mm. um, <laughs> I I like to poke fun at Catholicism mostly. Um, I'd say I have done like maybe like a, a little bit of like adding some paganism into mm. um, some of my drag performances. And is the poking is the poking fun to kind of cope with the the hurt? Yeah. Or? It's definitely kind of coping with like the trauma of like being having like Catholicism shoved down my throat from like the age of like twelve to eighteen. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, just like the constant like shutting down um, that you get in the Catholic school system and in the church, like whenever you ask questions and just like not really being allowed to question anything um, and just being told like, this is just the way that things are. And like, if you don't like it, like you're going to hell. <laughs> like, right. like, why is that always the answer? And like, I struggled a lot, I think when I got to like high school, um, especially with my religious classes because I didn't really want to take them anymore. I didn't, I didn't want to do it anymore. I just wasn't into it. And like, I still had to, it was still required of me. And especially like taking classes, like moral decision-making. Um, and I, I hated that class. I hated it so much. Um, Mm. I still don't like the teacher that I had at the time for that class. Um, he failed me on a test because I had refused to um, say that gay people deserved to be damned to hell. Oh, wow. um, and that was one of the moral decisions I was supposed to make. And I was like, I wasn't out then. And I, you know, I was still questioning a lot about myself and, mm-hmm. you know, I, my parents didn't raise me to, to be homophobic or anything. Um, like that I mean it wasn't necessarily something like my parents sat down and talked to me about but I mean my mom was also definitely like look here's RuPaul you know so like clearly she wasn't you know like that and so it was just kind of I was like I don't want to like they didn't do anything like why why do I have to you know say that they have to go to hell just because of some made-up book like I didn't didn't even say anything like that anywhere so I was like I don't want to and like he embarrassed me in front of the whole class because I was like, no, I'm not going. Mm, yeah. It was uncomfortable. So it's like, I definitely like to poke fun at it because of stuff like that, that I had to experience and like endure. Yeah. I had a good enough grade in the class that I was just like, give me the F like, right. it's not going to tank my, my GPA. So like bite me. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. What what would you say to a person who, like, what would you say to yourself prior to starting drag? Like, what 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 is it that you would tell yourself um, to kind of like, I don't know, move forward with doing drag? My my thought is is there might be people who haven't done drag yet who might identify or relate to you in some ways. What what would you say to them about? What would you say to them now that you didn't know then? Um, I would say, um, spend as much time as you can on the internet, <laughs> as, mm-hmm. as weird as that might sound, um, spend as much time as you can on the internet, like just looking and researching and learning. Um, I know not everyone learns that way, but as kind of more of like an introverted person, mm-hmm. um, like that is how I learned a lot of things. And that's still how I uh, learned a lot of things. Um, I mean, I feel like what we're doing now is probably helping someone learn something on the internet. Right. Um, you know, I that's how I found out I was asexual and like on that spectrum and that I learned that there was multiple different kinds of asexuality and that's how I got more immersed into watching uh like other people's drag performances Mm. like finding YouTube videos and like now I like watch like TikToks and stuff Um, yeah you know like it's such a 
big resource. Um, mm-hmm. There's pretty much anything you can think of or want to learn about is out there. Um, yeah. Especially when I was younger, because like, you know, um, it's kind of like crappy, but like in Idaho, especially like growing up, like there aren't a lot of queer spaces for people that are like under 18 or well, even under 18 or under 21, really. Um, cause I mean, like I knew I was a little bit fruity, um, and I didn't really, like figure it out, figure it out until I was like in the community more, I think. And like, yeah. really like, identify with other people. Cause I could finally be around other people that were like me. Um, and so it's like, I, I feel like that's like the best way you can connect with other people mm-hmm. and you're able to be in those spaces. And I really wish we had more spaces for people back home and just in general um especially for people that are sober too yeah Um, you know like i know that it's it's a a big crutch for a lot of queer people that get into drugs and alcohol to Mm -hmm. deal and to cope with and so it's it's nice for them to have a space as well to not have to be around that kind of particular environment Um, yeah so it's like i yeah i guess i'd say spend more time on the internet (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right well and i think the big thing is just keep 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 looking keep seeking yeah keep searching you, yeah i mean that's how we find ourselves i feel like that's our whole goal in life is really to figure out who we are and find a way to to actually be that and yeah. you know i think we we see ourselves reflected in our surroundings and and if you know like if like yeah so so it's like you need us i don't know you just have to find other things <laughs> to reflect you back yeah. to yourself, you know? So we are struggling with my words there for a minute, but um, we are pretty much, we have about three or four minutes left. Um, so I wanted to give you an opportunity to speak to anything that maybe we haven't gotten a chance to speak to yet that you wanted to, or maybe you might choose to say something again, um, depending on what how you're feeling. Um. <laughs> I guess I'd probably, I don't know, I guess maybe I want to speak more about, like, I guess about maybe about my sexuality. Um, Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people always have questions about it, um, which I'm usually pretty good and comfortable um, about answering. um, Although sometimes people do get kind of, like, grossly inappropriate with it. Um, I just feel like it's important because, like, I wish that I had found that information a lot earlier in my life um Mm -hmm. i think i was a lot happier and i think a lot of people don't realize like just letting people be themselves and figuring themselves out and giving them that time and space to do so like how much that affects their mental health um i think if i had come out a lot earlier i probably would have been a lot better off mentally (laughs) yeah and and for folks who would like to reach out to annie uh, check out the links in the description or if you're watching you can see it's scrolling across the bottom. Um, I I, I kind of lie to have one more question for you. Um, would you what I would do? You have a message for um, the Idaho drag trans queer community. Yeah. What would you like to say to them? Well, first of all, I love you guys and I miss you. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of my friends I still talk to back home still, but. Um, I I can't even express like how strong a lot of you are for still staying and putting up with 
the legislation and all of the garbage that's happening back there. And I mean, if anyone needs any support, like I'm always still here to support. Um, I always try and share everything I can on social media and try and spread awareness. I know a lot of people think that that doesn't really mean a lot. Um, and voting does matter, of course, but I think having the hard conversations with friends and family and community members um, like is really important. Um, it might seem small to some people, but having those hard conversations with people mm. and you know, really getting down to like, yes, this is an attack on drag queens and, you know, drag performers, but it's also really an attack on trans people more yeah. than anybody else. And, you know, like I try to encourage other drag performers that like aren't trans to like not try to make themselves the center of attention right mm -hmm. now. And like, yes, this is about us too, but like also think about your, your trans friends, like, mm -hmm you know, try and support trans shows, try and book trans people, like any small thing that you can do to help, just, you know, try a little harder. Like, I mean, y'all have been under attack for a very, very long time in this yeah. country and it's just getting worse. So I'm like, I think it's, you know, it's time that like people really listen to what, you know, trans advocates have to say and like share what they're saying and like don't make yourself the center of this. Mm. You know, like there's other things that are, you know, more important. <laughs> mm. Well, thank you so much for that message. I'm sure folks will love hearing it. I enjoyed hearing it myself. Yeah, no, of course. <laughs> so, so glad that I got a chance to um to, to get to know you a little bit more. I've yeah, known you a little cool. bit in the periphery. So I'm excited to, to, you know, get a little bit closer into your circle. So thank you so very, very much. And thanks to everyone who joined us today, um, either live or you're listening to us afterwards. Finn says, I love it too. I think that's oh, a great way <laughs> to, what great way to go. So take care everyone and bye-bye. Bye, thank you. Thank you.